All right. Well, you see by the title of this podcast episode that I've been lying and it's time to tell the truth. So that leaves uh, a lot to be interpreted, I'm sure. And anybody that uh, clicked on this might be thinking like, damn, what's he what's he been lying about? This might be kind of juicy. And and yeah, it might be. It might be. I think the people that know me best will know that I'm going to be speaking my truth right now. Um, those of you that don't know me might not know any different, right? <laughs> you might just be meeting me for the very first time. And some of you might not like what I have to say. Um, that is the truth as well. But the reason why I decided to record this podcast is I'm now 29 episodes in to my podcast. So this episode is going to be episode number 30. And up until now, what I did was I recorded a first episode that was just me solo explaining the vision behind creating the podcast itself and why I ultimately decided to do it. And while there was truth in all of what I said on there, it wasn't the entire truth. It wasn't the entire truth. And I'm going to fill in the gaps on that right now. And then, of course, I did nine episodes or I guess eight other episodes. And then episode 10, I did a review of what I discovered in those nine episodes. So how did my beliefs change? How did the perspective of my guests actually impact how I choose to show up in the world, how I choose to see the world, how I choose to, you know, just manifest my reality, right? And then I did nine more episodes, and then I did another one on episode 20 where I reviewed it, and then I did nine more episodes, and here I am on episode number 30. And the truth is, is that the experience of this so far has been extremely gratifying. It's been very, very inspiring. I was uh, I actually just got done, I guess it was like five hours of sitting here with Danielle Grant, who was actually episode 28 that I just published last week. And for those of you that don't know, so Danielle and I met almost three years ago now, maybe even longer, three and a half years ago. And at the time, I was looking for a mindset mentor to come into my program because I had a mindset mentor in a program that I ran previously, a guy by the name of Dr. Nima Romani, who was amazing to have in the program. But, you know, we naturally just kind of drifted apart with regards to how we were working together. And I needed, to, I wanted to fill that gap. So I discovered Danielle through however I did. She somehow came into my world on my one of my feeds, my Facebook or my LinkedIn or one of my feeds. And I just really um, energetically connected with how she was showing up. And and that was actually at the start or, or near the start of Danielle's own personal entrepreneurial journey. Previous to that, she had a corporate job. She's been involved in spirituality and spiritual work for over 20 years, but has never really openly talked about it, Right. Um, up until the last little bit, which is a part of what this truth is that I'll speak about here today. But um, anyway, so I met Danielle. She came into the program at exactly the right time. Um, She came into my life at exactly the right time. And I still remember the conversation. It was two and a half, or I guess it was two, it was two years ago. So it was 2019. I guess it would have been December, 2018. So it was leading into 2019. Is that two years ago, three years ago? 
I don't know, whatever it is. It was like two years ago. Maybe it was three years ago. And I remember Danielle saying to me, because I had a program that was supporting experts, coaches, consultants, speakers, you know, when I frame it around the entrepreneurs that I was working with, it was people that were like solopreneurs that, um, you know, wanted to create a business or had a business and wanted to have more reach awareness to what they were doing. They wanted to create more influence, more impact in the world. And I, for a long time, talked about the power of content, just like this, a podcast. And I was not being the example of what I was telling people to do. So she called me out. I still remember it sitting in my office. And she said, do you think that it's in alignment for you to be telling all of these people that you're coaching to create content and to show up consistently and to put their message out into the world to attract their perfect clients back to them? And you don't do it. And I resisted at first. I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, I've been doing this for the better part of 12 to 15 years and I've built a list and an audience and therefore I don't need to do the thing that I'm telling them to do. I'm telling them to do it because they don't have an audience yet. And as I was speaking, I was like, oh, my God, like this is so out of alignment. I need to start showing up and creating like I was telling other people to do. And I did that. And I, I got to think back. It was it was early 2019. That's what it was. So it was two years ago. It was almost two years ago to the date right now. And since that time, I was just working with my assistant, Deanna. And we were going through all of my content that we've created because what we did naturally with my marketer brain, I found a way to be able to create without having to like sit down and just record something, right? I was doing group calls with clients at the time. So what we do is we would just extract out the three to seven clips from those sessions and turn them into content. And we just tallied up everything the other day. And there's over 900 pieces of content that I've created in the last two years alone. So that's more than a piece a day that we've created, both videos and graphics, which is incredible. And I was saying to Danielle today, after we got done this um, five-hour session today, which I'll talk about, but I was saying today that, you know, one of the most amazing pieces of actually having that transition happen in my life where I made a choice where I said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to create. That was it. I'm going to create. Is that now that I'm looking back on those videos, because I've also created systems to be able to have that stuff published on a consistent basis, only on LinkedIn. That's the only platform that I've attempted to be consistent on. These videos are popping up in my feed that are published either by an automation tool or by my virtual assistant And they're constant reminders of the evolution that I've gone through and also the reminders that I need in that moment. So many of those videos actually contain myself and Danielle on them too. And right now, we just spent five hours today talking through what the next evolution of our relationship and the kind of people that we will attract into our lives and the people that we know that we can support best and that she in particular can support best, what that looks like. So we, we sat here for five hours to break down what that actually looks like. And seeing these videos pop up, it's just a constant reminder because every time we, we hesitate or we second guess something or we 
question whether or not we're doing the right thing or taking the right action or whatever it is that, you know, we as human beings in our 3D self uh, delay over and second guess ourselves over. They're constant little micro reminders of like, hey, Trevor, past self from 18 months ago. Remember when you said this to all these people? You were actually speaking to the future version of yourself. And hopefully I didn't lose anybody when I say that. But I think the people that will get what I'm saying there will get it right away. You know, 18 months ago, I was speaking to the future version of myself. I was speaking to myself right now in this moment, reminding myself of how I get to show up. What is important to me? What is my vision for the future? What is my purpose on this earth that we're currently residing in? And you'll notice that some of the language that I'm using there around like this earth that we're currently residing in, this 3D reality, this language was not a part of my vocabulary um, six months ago, I would say. And we all know what the world has become. And I want to speak about that here too, because this is part of my truth that I get to say out loud. In March 2020, when the world essentially shut down and businesses shut down and we went to wearing masks and we had these little blips on the radar with regards to COVID and then we had bigger ones and then we had bigger ones. And, you know, here we are in January of 2022 now. And part of my truth, and I might ramble a little bit here as I'm spitting all of this out, but part of my truth is is that I'm tired of all of this, just like everybody else. Like, I'm sure I'm not saying anything that, no, that nobody else is feeling. Everybody's feeling the fatigue of these lockdowns and then eventually a vaccine and then a vaccine mandate. And then you can't do X unless you get this vaccine. And then the divisiveness, 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 whatever, Canadian, call it a Canadian versus a U.S. accent. <laughs> I don't know. But all of this disconnection and the mental health challenges that people are going through. I, in fact, one of the conversations I had last night, somebody enlightened me to the fact that a father and his child committed suicide the other day because of these mandates. Now, again, I don't know the full context on that. I don't know if the person got fired from their job, they lost their job, their mental health was challenged because of other things. It could have been drug related. I have no idea. But all I know is that these are the things that we don't hear about when it comes to this whole pandemic. And I say in quotes pandemic, not because I don't believe that COVID's real, I believe it's real. I believe I had it last week. My wife tested positive in the last week as well. My neighbors have tested positive for it based on the rapid antigen test. We can't even get in for PCR tests anymore because they're so backed up that they can't even get people in unless you're in the high risk categories of like over 65 or younger or whatever. But I say pandemic um, again, not to say that I don't believe in COVID. And I said this to my parents like nine months ago when we were having a conversation about this, which we don't talk about it a lot. And, and quite frankly, uh, that's 
partially my fault too, because I've avoided the conversation for the fear of creating conflict. But I am not vaccinated. I have zero intention on getting vaccinated. And it's for the sole reason right now, not that I don't trust science. Like I trust science. Of course I trust science. I'm a logical person. I'm not a crazy person. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But I am a realist in the context of we don't know what the side effects for this will be. And I also cannot put my head in the sand and ignore the other side of the conversation that the mainstream media seems to want to just squash and not talk about at all, which is the people that have died from this vaccine the side effects of this vaccine. The underlying most important piece of all this that I believe is the biggest pandemic that we're dealing with right now is just the separation, the divisiveness, the polarization, the discrimination that's happening for people that are making choices that are personal choices. And I expressed this to Danielle when we were talking earlier today, that. I have this, call it a fear, whatever it is, of my anger coming up and surfacing and me swearing and getting animated and then therefore the message of what I'm trying to say getting lost because this has been a pattern for me in the past. Like I grew up, growing up in the middle of Canada as a hockey player, as a young kid, and I was good at the sport. And I was big when I was young. And I was told at the age of 14 that I should fight. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud in any kind of podcast or anything like that. But I was told to fight from the age of like 12 years old when I was like two feet taller than every kid on my hockey team and taller than most of the coaches that if I wanted to make it as a hockey player, which that was the only thing I wanted to do when I was a kid, that I needed to play tough. And what playing tough meant is fighting. And that is something that I've had to work through in personal development, in counseling, in, you know, diving deep into what makes up me. What childhood trauma do I have that I bring with me into my relationships right now, into how I communicate right now? And to wrap it back to what I was saying I had this before I turned the switch on on this podcast. I have this fear that that angry young kid was going to come out in this video and that my message was going to be lost. But let me explain where this is coming from. And this is one of the things that Danielle helped me reframe as she's been working with me and coaching me on the spirituality side of things and just helped me uncover, like, where do these things come from for me? And why am I choosing not to be the highest version of myself, the one that speaks my truth, the one that created this podcast to be able to have a platform that has truth at its foundation, finding out the truth, knowing that there's never, ever one absolute truth doesn't exist, just like it doesn't exist in science. People say, trust the science. The definition of science is that there's a hypothesis, you test around that, you come up with a conclusion, and then you constantly revisit it, knowing that it always changes. And I'm going to try and not speak in like specifics of like trying to label certain people that speak in a certain way, but like trust the science. 
To me, science needs time as one of its other aspects of measurement. It constantly evolves. So if anybody says that I'm being selfish for not getting vaccinated because I'm choosing to allow that time to go by before I make a decision to put some toxin in my body, whether it's good for me if I get the the disease or not, I choose not to. And that's my choice. And nobody should tell me what I can or can't do. And this is the debate that we're seeing in politics and in everything. And where I want to ground everybody in a personal attached story is with regards to my kids. And like I say, I knew that this would be a little rambly, but one of the things I expressed to Danielle was that I had this fear that I would come across as being this asshole, like anti-vaxxer for saying this out loud. But she said, no, 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 you're coming from a place of love. Everything is ultimately all grounded in a place of love, even your anger. Even your anger is grounded in a place of love. And what this story is right now is a place of love because two years ago, almost two years ago in March, 2020, at that time I had, what would it be? Two and three-year-old boys. I had two and three-year-old boys two years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Two and three-year-old boys. And we had our kids enrolled in swimming lessons. And I'm an absolute advocate for kids getting swimming lessons when they're young. Because um, I had a cousin who grew up who didn't learn how to swim. What's up, Mark? (laughs) If you're watching. And I still, I see to this day um, how that's impacted him. And I know he'd say it too. You know, we go out on kayaks and stuff and out, out at the lake and he has a life jacket on because if he falls in the lake, he can't swim. He's in his 30s. And I think Mark would agree that like if he could rewind the clock, he'd learn how to freaking swim when he was a kid. So naturally, I want my kids to get swimming lessons, right? Well, they got shut down in April 2020. They were supposed to be in swimming lessons April 2020. They got shut down for everybody. They just shut it down, right? They locked down everything. Businesses closed. Everything closed. Oh, with the exception of the fast food restaurants, which is the other farce in all of this stuff, where the gyms got to close, but the fast food joints can stay open. And the big chains, the Costco's and the Walmarts and stuff. Anyways, I digress. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit rabbit hole as well. But um, anyway, so my kids couldn't go to that. Okay. Fast forward to um, early 2021. I think it was around March or April or something like that. We enrolled the kids into soccer, indoor soccer. And it was, yeah, it was probably like in the spring because it was still kind of chilly out. And... This was after some things had transpired. The the government here had decided that like, okay, we're open up, even if you're not vaccinated, which that wasn't even part of the conversation back then. I And I think it was then, maybe it was more in the spring, in the fall. I can't remember exactly, but we enrolled our kids in soccer because again, they've never been enrolled in a, in a group activity as toddlers. The only interaction they've had with other kids is with our neighbor's kids and at a strong start program when we are able to go, when that's not shut down. We went to the first soccer practice and me and Shar, my wife, went to the practice and it was so fun. Like it was so amazing to watch them just be around other kids and like, 
anybody who has kids or have seen that kind of interaction before, you know that it's literally just like a bunch of tadpoles, right? They throw some soccer balls out and they run around and they don't listen to anybody and they roll around on the ground and they leave and they're so freaking happy. And it was amazing to be a part of that as a dad because I hadn't got to experience that yet. I hadn't been able to take my kids to a lesson and watch them be coached and mentored by somebody. And then to be there by their side and have them look over and wave at me. You know, like all the things that you get satisfaction from, gratification from as a father. Part of the reason why I had kids, you know? Yes, it was self-serving. I wanted something to love me so much so that I can love myself more. There, I said it out loud. But that's the truth, right? The second class we get a notification from our government saying that I'm not allowed in the building. I can't take my kids to a domed soccer field because I'm a health risk. Because I chose not to get a vaccine. I'm 45 years old. I don't have any comorbidities. I don't have heart conditions. I don't have any issues with my breathing. I've taken good care of myself over the years. I'm not a detriment and a drain to my healthcare system. I take care of myself. And therefore, when I chose not to get the vaccine, I basically said, I'm willing to take the risk that if I do get this COVID or whatever it is, that I'll get through it. And yeah, it might hurt. Yeah, it might be painful. And yeah, I might lose my... my taste and my, you know, my smell and whatever else, whatever all the symptoms and stuff are. But I got shut out of taking my kids to soccer practice. And to me, that's as much of a pandemic and a tragedy as the actual pandemic itself. And now I know I had a conversation the other day with my mom and she said, you should be sensitive because other people don't feel the way that you do about COVID. And when you say that, like, oh, it's not that bad, like other people have lost people, let me be clear. I'm not undermining the fact that this disease, this um, virus, has created a lot of death. It has. It has. And I feel very blessed that I have not lost anybody in my immediate family, anybody really, really, really close to me, right? I know people that have, but I've never lost anybody. So I feel very blessed for that. And I'm not discrediting it. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I know it exists. But I am being real about the fact that the stats that we're being told, not just by our government, but by governments all over the world, are skewed. They're not the whole story, including the byproduct of what my kids, who have now... Since that pandemic was hit, my kids were almost two and just turned three. They've never known a world where they're out in public and they see people that have masks on all the time. And they wore masks early on. And then we stopped with that crazy bullshit. They're kids, for God's sake. They have good immune systems. The data showed us that this was not devastating to kids. So we stopped. And anyways, I couldn't take them to soccer practice. Now, let's fast forward to today. So early on in this year, or sorry, at the end of last year, in November, we visited the pool. 
We went down to our local pool. It was still snow on the ground, but I thought, I'm just going to walk in and ask them, like, what's what's the plan here for the spring? Is there any lessons coming up? Um, and she said, yep, it's it's you got to register by December 16th. And I said, do I have to be vaccinated to come in the building? She's like, no, absolutely not. Um, just make sure you get online and register because it's like getting freaking concert tickets trying to get kids into swimming lessons. So... I did that. I got up at six in the morning. I checked the thing. I didn't get them in. I got put on a wait list. I got a call two days ago. Two days ago, that call was, hey, we just added an extra set of swimming lessons. Your kids are at the top of the wait list. And you're, and if you want them, if you want them to be in it, just let us know. You just need to make the payment. And I was like, amazing. Yes, absolutely. Of course we do. It's been two years, remember, since these kids were originally enrolled in something. And then that shitty experience with the soccer. I thought I better ask because maybe things have changed again, right? Can I go into the facility as an unvaccinated parent? And the answer was no. I'm not allowed to bring my kids to swimming lessons. My truth is, is that this pisses me off. I'm not going to lie. And this is the anger side of me that I said may come out. And I know that not everybody's going to agree with me. And I know that everybody's going to have their own opinions of like, yeah, but you know what? We're doing it for the best of society, the weak, the compromised, the immunocompromised, the elderly. We need to do our part. That's what they keep saying. We need to do our part, right? But what about my inability to be a parent, to have my kids be able to look over when they dunk their heads in the water for the first time. And they're so freaking proud that they just want to look up and look for dad. And I'm not there. Now what? Because we kind of hear on the sidelines about the effect of absentee parents, right? You hear this in the, in the news every once in a while, right? Like what is the impact of single parent homes? What happens when the dad's not present in the child's upbringing? Now, I'm not saying that I've disappeared. Of course, I haven't disappeared. I could still drop them off, be waiting outside, pick them up, and still have 23 and a half hours in the day. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying on a micro level is that this is what this is doing. This is what these mandates are doing and how it's impacting me. This is my story. It's not the only story. I fully understand that. But quite frankly, I'm frustrated. And I think that we're being told a lot of lies. I believe that the truth is not something that the media wants you to see. I do believe in the fact that money dictates most decisions regarding all of this stuff. In fact, I was sitting at Danielle's place yesterday watching the um, school board trustees meeting, I guess these happen frequently, like they're on a regular schedule, but I was watching this meeting and I was thinking to myself because the public's allowed to come to them and there was eight people that asked questions about mandates. Are you going to mandate it for the teachers? Do you believe it's right that you should tell them what they should do? Is it not their, you know, independent choice on whether or not they put something into their bodies and whether or not they even disclose it, Right. Have they considered the mental health conditions of the children that are in there, the teenagers, right? The ones that are being blocked with like panels of plastic and not allowed to talk to each other and only allowed to eat or take their masks off when they're eating. And like, we thought about that and what that's creating. 
I'm just trying to open the conversation to say, hey, if you are on the side two years into this that says we need to just keep doing our part, we need to keep wearing these masks, we need to shut down these things, we need to put these mandates in, we got to make sure that Trevor can't get into the pool. We got to make sure that Trevor, because he's not vaccinated, can't get in an, on an airplane and go anywhere in this world. If you are of that belief, we are not aligned. And I'm done not saying something about it. And I realize that this is going to be polarizing. There's going to be people that will be like, speak your mind. And there's going to be people that'll be like, You're a selfish asshole for even saying that stuff out loud. Do you know how many people have died from this? I get it. And everything in between. And not all of my future podcasts are going to be like this. But I created this podcast to speak about the truth. Knowing that I don't know everything. I don't know all the truth. The guests that I bring on don't know all the truth. But the only way we get to the truth is by having conversations, being open-minded to possibility, not being scared and fearful and throwing on masks and being and, and not wanting to get close to people and eliminating hugs from our society and not smiling at each other. Like, come on, can we not see what this is actually doing to our society, to our kids, to my kids? Can we not see it? Even the most pro-vaccine people on this planet, can you not see what this is doing to my kids? This is a concerned parent starting to speak my truth. That's one thing I wanted to say out loud. The other thing I wanted to say out loud is that there is a spiritual awakening that's happening inside of me as well as the people that I'm choosing to spend more time with. And I don't know how to explain it other than there's certain people around me that when I have conversations with them, I get energy. I get lifted up. And I personally choose to spend my time with people like that, which is why my podcast and the kind of guests that I'm bringing on is going to change. Now, that's not to say that the guests that I've had on have not exuded that kind of energy. Some of them, 100%. Incredible people. Some of the people that I've met, people that I've interviewed. Others, not so much. I've reverse engineered and looked at why that might be. What is the formula for who I want to interview on my podcast? Who do I want to have conversations with? People that will disagree with my point of view, that will help shape my beliefs in a different way, that'll help me see different variations of the truth, knowing that it's constantly evolving. There's no absolute. But you're going to see a different theme to what I'm doing here going forward. Because I know that in order for me to live my best life and be the greatest version of myself, I have to surround myself with the greatest people that I know and people that I don't yet know, people that I have yet to attract into my life. And Danielle and I will be creating a program together, a mastermind of sorts, I guess you would call it. We've had troubles even defining exactly what it is. It's not a mastermind. It's a collective, it's a hot seat. It's just a spiritual container of people that are are operating at the same frequency that know that there's that that they're destined to evolve and that they want to do it together amongst other people that have the same desires and drive um, 
to create impact in this world, to make this world a better place for our kids, for ourselves. And it's going to be incredible. It's already incredible. Just me and Danielle meet on a weekly basis a couple times a week. And, and I can't wait to start inviting people to this because there's already a handful of people. We shortlisted like, like 10 people today that I'm going to invite to one of our future calls. And I just want to say, as I wrap up this podcast too, if anything that I said resonated with you here, um, any of it, including the part that I said at the end here about this container, this, this inner circle, this mastermind, this, um, this collective, whatever you want to call it, if any of that resonates with you and you're curious and you are a seeker like me, and when I say seeker, what I mean is that you're constantly evolving. I've actually, for a long time, especially recently, just been like evaluating, like, what does it mean to be a seeker? And is it a bad thing? Does it just mean that I can't commit to anything? Because <laughs> I'm always on the move. I'm like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? You know? And just reinventing myself, reinventing the businesses that I have, reinventing the people that I surround myself with, reinventing my belief systems, reinventing my diet, reinventing my exercise routines or lack thereof or whatever. But if you are a seeker and you are constantly curious and you are a creative at heart, you're somebody that knows that you want to create and that that gives you energy. That's what fills you up. It gives you joy. It creates bliss in your life when you're in creator mode. Then I encourage you to reach out to me and let's have a conversation. I have no idea what direction it'll go. We might just have a good chat. I may invite you to be on my podcast so the energy that we create in that conversation can be recorded and actually put out into the world to support other people. I may invite you into our container that we're creating here. But regardless, I wanted to turn this on after an inspiring five hours of meeting with Danielle and having her be a guide for me, which is what she's become ultimately. You know, I attracted Danielle initially by seeking out my next mindset mentor and I found her and I brought her in and she expressed this today. Like I opened certain doors and possibilities for her at the early parts of her entrepreneurship journey. And now that has come full circle and I'm experiencing what Danielle has to bring to this world, the spiritual teachings and the guidance and how she's able to help me frame things, including the story that I was holding to myself about not actually telling my real truth on my own damn podcast for my fear of not being liked, having my opinion not being liked, or me getting animated and angry and 14-year-old Trevor that used to kick the shit out of people for the better part of seven years as a junior hockey player coming through on a camera and everybody going, that's just an, an angry dude that's got some childhood trauma issues that he has to deal with. That was my fear around recording this episode. And while Danielle didn't tell me to do this, she did help me see that by me not speaking my truth, that I'm actually robbing myself of possibilities of attracting people into my world that maybe think the same way. And not from a place of anger, 
Yes, it might show up like that, but just a place of sadness. And a commitment to be a part of the change, to be a part of the positivity that we need in this world, to be a part of the support system that we need to give our business owners, that we need to give our children, to be healthy, happy, joyful human beings. Because that's the world that I want my kids to live in. That's it. If you resonated with anything, reach out to me. I'm a tractor beam right now. I want to suck people into my space that I know are supposed to be there. And if you're one of them, please Let's have a conversation. Reach out to me. Send me an email. Send me a message on LinkedIn. Do whatever. Smoke signal. You name it. I I want to connect with my people. And I want them to hear my voice. And I want to help them share theirs as well. It's the last thing that I'll, I'll end on here. I know that one of my gifts, one of my, I'm not even going to say God-given gifts because this is a learned skill. But in my 45 years, what I know that I am exceptional at is helping people find their voice, communicate their story. And now that I've stepped into this, communicate their truth unapologetically. I'm being the example so that I can open up the space for others to do the same. And if we do that, we can create ripple effects of change in this world. And I'm here on this earth to be able to support people to be able to do that. People that want to be a part of the change. The part of the change that leads with love, not fear. They lead with love. I get to amplify that because that's my skill set. That's what I'm exceptional at. That is my 10,000 hours Malcolm Gladwell. I am an expert at this. And I'm tired of acting like I'm not. So all of you seeker, curious creatives that want your voice amplified in this world, you reach out to me as well, especially if you resonated with anything that I said here. And even if you didn't, we might disagree on things. That's okay. The important thing is, is that we speak our truth and we're not censored and we're not restricted from going into swimming lessons. And we're not told that we can't hop on an airplane to be able to fly down to paradise in Costa Rica because that's where the winds are taking us because I'm going down there. And I realize it's not where happiness is. Happiness is here right now. Happiness is being present with my kids and knowing that I'm doing everything that I can to be the greatest version of myself, to support them to be the greatest versions of themselves. And that's why I created this podcast. That's all I got for you. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform and leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you. Now, until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. 
trust that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. Thank you.